there you're listening to film companion retake with me anupama chopra and rahul desai where we revisit a film from the past hi rahul it's so lovely to sit down with you after what seems like months for another fc retake i know it's been a while i actually barely remember the last one we did i think it was lutera uh, but yeah i i think it's finally time to do the next i think when we realize we won't be able to do it in person for a while <laughs> <laughs> yes we were hoping we were hoping to be able to chat with each other in person but such such is the state of the pandemic and we are here today to talk about uh, bombay velvet which celebrates its 6th anniversary the film released 15th may 2015 um, which seems like another lifetime it wasn't that long ago but it seems like another life now yeah it it wasn't actually and you know a good marker of like how long back it was is i i was actually reviewing films at that point <laughs> so like professionally so which means i had reviewed it at that point so yeah it, it wasn't it was just 6 years back and but as you said it feels like forever not only in context of where we are but you know even in context of anurag kashyap's filmography since you were reviewing films at that time is is this a film that you liked didn't like what was your first response uh yeah so my first response was uh, i did not think this film was bad at any level i in fact thought, neither did i yeah, neither did i i i in fact thought it was uh, a fairly entertaining film it had its flaws you know i'm not saying it was a good film or a perfect film either yeah. uh, the thing is you know Uh, the problem with bollywood films or mainstream hindi films in india is uh, the film sort of releases way before its actual release right and bombay velvet was a classic example because you may have also noticed like uh, you know everyone else that the uh, that the entire discourse surrounding bombay velvet for me is also what sort of just uh, destroyed the film sort of uh, any sort of merit that it had even before it released because that entire talk surrounding the the stories from the set the the budget stories and you know the whole indie filmmaker is making a big film beyond his means it had gotten out of hand we were reading more about bombay velvet uh, in the run up to the 2015 world cup i remember the cricket world cup more than the world cup itself so i mean the amount of horror stories that we were hearing from there uh, i had a very sinking bad feeling about the film even before and you know back then a lot of us were really rooting for anurag kashyap to sort of make that big jump and all but you know i don't think it was that big a jump because he had directed uh, gangs of vasipur which was one and two and even though we don't associate it with this mainstream bollywood sensibilities i i don't think the scale was any different from bombay velvet but the whole thing is of course we we know that they went to sri lanka to construct the set they shot the whole film there so that entire legacy that entire aura created around it uh, sort of made the film reach its doom before but when i watched the film i was like you know I, i think we have to be honest it's really not a bad film it's a very technically accomplished film yeah. uh, uh, no doubt it was the second half had its issues and there were issues which we'll get into during uh, this chat but for me i did not i i remember reviewing it fairly favorably i think yeah you know it, it's interesting because i i remember the the hate and the vitriolic was so extreme against it uh and to my mind it was it was and and it still is when i rewatched it for this conversation it's it's i think it's a really noble failure of mm-hmm. you know the ambition that anurag had and what they tried to do and there's just so much 
that is juicy and good and fun in it, you know, and, and visually it's so sumptuous. I mean, the, the sets that Sonal Savan created, the outfits uh, that, that Anushka Sharma, you know, Rosie is wearing, the, the kind of the music, Amit Trivedi's music is just to die for. And I mean, this is a film that begins with thanks to Martin Scorsese and Danny Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, shot by Rajiv Ravi, Vikram Utwani is a co-producer, uh, you know, written by Vasan Bala and Gyan Prakash, who's, you know, this a very, very well-regarded professor at Princeton. He's a professor of history and the film was partly based on his book. And I just think that now I actually appreciated those things even more but I did back then though I think you and I must have been two of the um, you know the few people who kind of saw the good things because what I remember from from back then is just this rush of kind of anger and fury and almost a glee when it collapsed. Yeah we, we've seen it happen right a couple of times I remember it happened with kites uh, Anurag Basu's kites it happened with uh, An- Anurag Basu's Jagga Jasu's also, uh, because that was another Ranbir film that, uh, you know, sort of failed before it released in a yeah. way. And it's, and it's, and because of the amount of, obviously it's, it's a part and parcel of sort of making a big budget Bollywood film in this country. And, and we saw it at its absolute worst with Bombay Velvet. And, you know, it, it's sort of tragic, but as, as you said, you know, as you mentioned all the, the things that it had going for it, like, uh, that what you mentioned, the special thanks to right at the beginning, Martin Scorsese uh, and Danny Boyle, you know, that is not only the calling card of that film, it was also the weakness of its film. As, as we realized while watching the film, the film was a victim of cinephilia in a way. Like, to be very honest, it, it, it sort of was such an ode to a childhood that was, uh, uh, you know, that, that was spent probably watching world cinema and creating the Anurag Kashyap that we all saw in the first 10 years, first 15 years of his career, that somewhere along the way, uh, you know, a lot of people said that there was not enough Anurag Kashyap in a Bombay Velvet. Uh, I remember thinking that myself too, you know, while watching it. But now when I watch it again for this, uh, for the retake, I, I, I think I, while watching it, I realized that there was actually a lot of Anurag things in it. And by, by Anurag things, I mean, uh, a lot of things we associate with his cinema, which is basically uh, that very fast pace, the the choppy sort of editing style that even Scorsese has sort of made uh, pretty much a legacy out of voiceover, which here they use Varun Grover sort of as a com- as a stand-up comic in the film to tell us, you know, the, about the changing Bombay landscape. And uh, a version of that was Piyush Mishra's voiceover in Gangs of Vasepur, you know, which a lot of people uh, really lapped up. So the only difference here, I felt like uh, all the Anurag Kashyap sort of trademarks did not have that protective layer of, uh, uh, you know, of uh, it wasn't protected by any sort of context, local context, because it was such a, a naked homage to films in general and not so much the Bombay that he was trying to uh, really depict in the film because it was such an interesting sort of era because we haven't seen the jazz era Bombay in most any Hindi films I can think of yeah. and to, to see this kind of Bombay on film itself uh, I can't blame Anurag for getting carried away with like uh, a filmmaker making a film about a certain era and therefore you know just getting carried away with the uh, because uh, if you read the amount of reviews from uh, if you read the reviews from that time you'll you'll see hundreds of references 
in the reviews and you see anurag himself in his interviews like this is i good fellas and raging bull and you know like so many and the name after name and that's a problem with hindi filmmakers that's a problem with indian filmmakers because we get carried away paying homage to the greats and we forget to be original in our own way and i felt like anurag sort of got carried away i i'm sure he'll admit it himself and uh, that's not to say anything about the film's ambition or anything but it just uh, uh, was not uh, you know uh, funnily enough it was not was not indian enough in a sense because the western palette was very obvious you you're having ranbir come up with tommy guns in both hands and sort of doing a dinero doing a, a 30s or 40s hero and also uh, i guess people that made audiences sort of detach from what we are seeing i felt like we were seeing a very loving tribute to something rather than something original yeah it it perhaps was just too alien in how uh, how sort of westernized the whole thing was though though that story rahul of of first of all the love story of the two damaged souls both have abusive childhoods and 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 you know he wants to be a big shot that whole sort of classic gangster movie uh, the james cagney thing of of i want to be a big shot right uh, i thought that was wonderful this whole idea of cities being built on corruption you know cities being built on dead bodies you know this sort of china townesque feel of how a great city is made it's made because there are people making compromises there are businessmen buying out politicians there are politicians uh, you know there's blackmail there's deceit there's treachery you know all of these things were just so it was just so juicy like i said before and i just think that there was so much in it uh, th- that whole also the trade unions uh, you know the the whole kind of thing of how bombay came to be bombay uh, threaded together with this with this incredible soundtrack with this incredible kind of lush feel and look and almost a sense of um, a sort of doomed exhilaration you know that you know this is going to end badly there's no way this love story is going to end well but till it lasts it's just fantastic uh, but i i think you're absolutely right there's just too much uh, a there's too much going on it it's very strange because the script has too much happening and yet this doesn't feel like there's a center you know for me especially in that second half when rosie dies and rosie pretends to be her own sister i for me that was really the place where i stepped away and said okay now this doesn't make any sense anymore when did you step out of it yeah i think that's exactly while i was watching it now right now for for retake that was exactly the time i stepped out of it also because uh you know you almost felt like anurag was trying to compensate for the hollywoodization with the bollywoodization like it was like okay let's go back to the devanan films of your uh, now just to get uh, the audience back on track because so far it's been really stylized yeah. uh, so so that whole twin track of like sita geeta type of thing was just i mean obviously it was so obvious what the filmmaker was trying to do that it almost made me like uh, I, and you know very early on in the second half it's obvious that Uh, uh the the uh, antagonists of the uh, of the film which we'll come to uh, they, they want uh, you know uh, ranbir kapoor's hero character or his you know uh, or johnny to be uh, bumped off very early in the second half but the entire second he could have been bumped off very early in the second half you know like the entire second half was just uh, like a to and fro of whether it is him or whether it is a love story or whether it is her or her sister so that just went on and on because the the pace of the film just went against 
uh, uh, the length of the film at at some point and you felt like you were watching a gangs of new york in the first film and suddenly in the second film like you're taken out of that whole universe and you don't as you said you know there was no center so because yeah. of that you didn't know if you were watching a doomed love story from the lens of a changing city or a changing city from the lens of a doomed love story so uh, it, it became such a push and pull between all and and the only thing really holding together uh, a, a lot of what we are describing was amit trivedi's soundtrack throughout you know whether it's his soundtrack or his background music because even the background music in there's, there's a particular uh, sequence action sequence in the second half i think ranbir kapoor wearing the santa claus uh sort of get up is uh, is escaping from kk menon's uh, police uh, cop character and the background music during that scene is absolutely in another universe like it totally put me into a trance and and you don't get to see a great background score during action sequences we are not used to that we get to see suspenseful and thriller and you know very uh, kinetic background scores but this was such a melancholic background score and i was so surprised because i like the music is keeping us in the film even when the film has totally gone off the rails by then you yeah. know i i mean it just it sort of made me sad because in the second half like the first half i was absolutely ent- like i was like there was no way i could not not like the film back in 2015 when i watched it because i see nothing wrong with the film so far right and then when the second half came along came along i was like okay this is maybe what i think threw us most of us off but you know even ranbir kapoor's character i felt like his performance was um, a little uneven in the sense it felt like uh, it felt like a kabir singh in the 1950s as say uh, as such you know something like that if you have to really describe the wildness of his character like this guy is capable of cold bloodedly killing his hired as an assassin is capable of cold bloodedly killing people and you know there's no, nothing to be said of the physical abuse of that of that toxicity of their relationship that they share that scene so famous in between the films kon ko mara do tum aisi baat karoge to maro nahi to kya karu kon ko mara do tera rozan repressed kaizad khambata crush on oh, yeah. on johnny you know because i really thought that that karan johar's casting was quite an inspired stroke because he pulled it all off until the end i felt like at the end is when he could not hold the expressions required for the complexity of the emotion that he was he was trying to express that here's a guy who's just a common thug and he has raised him and he's also got a he's fallen in love or maybe he just wants to get into bed with him or he just has a crush on him but that that i felt was that could have added another layer of emotion and tragedy to this whole scenario of people who are just uh, eventually just people kind of just just kind of scavenging you know to get ahead whether it's kaizad kambata who's wealthy and really posh or or it's it's johnny finally they're all just clawing to somehow get ahead in the race you know and i felt i i i thought until the end karan was actually really good what was what was your sense of him 
I actually was uh, very very intrigued by the casting when I first heard about it. You know, again we are going to go back into the legacy behind the casting because as we know it, there was a very infamous pact between Karan Johar and Anurag Kashyap. You know, leading right. up to the we know that and and yeah. it was uh, hi- highly publicized. Uh, so to to see two filmmakers sort of not only making amends but joining forces. Uh, uh, two totally different schools of filmmaking or different schools of Bollywood, yeah. sort of coming together uh, in the form of a director and an actor was was very exciting for a lot of us, I think. You know, and the irony is that uh, Anurag Kashyap, it was his first foray into mainstream Bollywood, the kind that Karan Johar had excelled at so far, uh, uh, and 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 his uh, of course his villain was uh, Karan. Or in the film, who plays Kaisar Kambata? I thought it was inspired casting, even while watching it. I thought, in fact, Karan was uh, very. I think he was very apt, you know. In the sense, we we see uh, a, a lot of instances of filmmakers casting uh, either their friends or their colleagues or or non actors, so to say, or non professional actors most of the time. And more often than not, it, you know, the, the the complexities somehow overwhelm these. Uh, uh these performances but i thought karan was given just the amount of right amount of screen time to make uh, an effect and it also at some po- points i felt like anurag and karan were both having a bit of a giggle with his character in the sense like it almost felt like coffee with karan in the 50s or 60s at some point because uh, there, there were these very unique scenes where anurag was putting his trademark eccentricities into the film by way of karan where, where there's that very Funny scene, which I think even you will remember, where uh, where, where they are talking about a tender to Ranveer Kapoor. And he walks out and laughs. laughs. Yes. He goes to uh, Ranveer with great sincerity, like, "Yeah, tender, matlab naram." And he he just just hold on, and he goes out and laughs. That's a very current. That that is something you can imagine him doing in you know coffee with Karan or in the sort of very popular sort of uh, uh, pop culture uh, Karan image we've seen so far. टेंडर का मतलब क्या है तुम्हें पता है हाँ टेंडर मतलब नरम इतना अंग्रेजी तो अपन को भी आता है that was a yeah. lovely scene and and it is the same that that's one very throwaway uh, sequence i think midway through the film again where karan is talking to a character kezad is talking to a character and uh, that character with great you know seriousness saying something about siddhant uh, you know siddhant and he's like who's siddhant yeah what is <laughs> and i'm like yeah okay we we get it and i think that was inspired like that i felt those dialogues came right there while you know karan was sort of jamming with them but those were really nice and i actually thought in the end he actually pulled it off i know you may not have uh, hmm. the, but that entire sequence where anbir sort of comes through with the gun and finally faces his nemesis or his ex mentor and when he stabs him of course you know that the fact that karan's playing sort of a closeted character with a wife in this film was you know it i i felt a lot of that really contributed to how the end was shot also you know with with the the, the way it was lit the way it was sort of Uh, just scored and designed. I thought uh, that entire close-up of Karan's face when he gets stabbed on Ranbir, like that was like multiple meanings on so many levels. Right. I, I felt like that really got uh, some people. I can get why some people didn't think it got put, but for me, that Karan's expression in that scene stayed with me in the film. 
because mm. uh, and you know we had seen him on screen before it's not like the, in ddlj he played the friend so we were used to seeing him in a certain capacity but i thought it was you know all in all i think i, I thought the acting throughout the film except somehow the leads uh, were fine you know like i felt like manish rodri was just born with a cigar in his mouth like every film <laughs> he just comes and chomps on a cigar or his pipe and it's pretty much the same character in every film but you know to be fair he's he's pretty good at it so. he is very good at it yes and before we end rahul i actually like we should we should talk about niti mohan's amazing voice and and the oh, yeah. songs you know nak pe hai gussa and behrupia and all these incredible songs that that i you know for me that is the saddest part and i remember doing an interview with amit trivedi about uh, you know how heartbroken he was he said because finally our our music is so linked to the fate of a film that when a film doesn't work uh, yeah. it's over you know and we spent years and years working and perfecting this jazzy sort of inflected this jazz inflected soundtrack and and at the end of the day uh, nobody remembers these songs and it's just such magical music yeah as you rightly mentioned uh, you know the music was a victim of the film's box office fate and it was at that point of time we knew that you know it, it was sort of doomed to a certain uh, level but i think the album has been mentioned time and again in you know the best of the century this millennium list yeah. and it, it has stood the test of time it has i think music lovers especially and we all are music lovers because we are conditioned to a certain bollywood sensibility i think we discovered the complexity of amit trivedi's soundtrack only over time it has a cult status now a lot of music writers a lot of very good music reviewers have been continuously getting into that soundtrack over time and that is actually a good sort of ode to good musicians like good composers like amit trivedi because their their music according to me should not be tied to the film's box office fate it is far more than that first of all the fact that you know these albums are uh, 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 you know almost a separate commercial venture in itself has always been a, a point of uh, a conflict for me but i felt so much of it was also down to anushka's really good lip syncing i don't think enough people talk about that because yeah. uh, you know for, for whatever controversies there were about anushka's appearance or lip before that film i think her lip syncing was absolutely on point it it really added so much to Uh, that dhadam dhadam song and the song before that where she was introduced and where you know ranbir actually sees her i i felt like uh, it's such an underrated aspect of bollywood of of filmmaking in general uh, in hindi cinema and i felt like uh, uh, very ironically i think ranbir kapoor's uh, lip syncing in aidil hai mushkil of the title song which we saw uh, years down the line karan johar's own film i thought karan must have you really picked up the idea from bombay velvet about good lip syncing because that really uh, defined that film for me also eh? the yeah. because the way ranbir sort of lip syncs i thought that was really good acting you know despite over the whole arc what we thought about it and of course i'm i'm glad that we you know we we still sort of listen to the music on our own over the years and i don't know if you uh, pick picked it up but just before we end i wanted to uh, uh, also throw in a mention of the kid who plays ranbir kapoor again in this film who looks so who looks so much like ranbir kapoor and he's the same kid i feel like who played ranbir kapoor in tamasha i haven't checked this but it's the same kid there's, there's like a specialist ranbir kapoor child in both the i think both the films released in the same year too so right. I, i won't be surprised if it's the same kid it really looked like a junior rk and there used to be the light eyed kid in the 90s who used to play a junior shahrukh khan in one or two films 
I feel like they picked on the same uh, sort of Ranbir uh, uh, singer. You know, I really enjoyed seeing Vicky Kaushal as the cop. I was like, oh my yeah, god! Yeah. You know, look at this. Look at look at how the film industry moves and how fortunes change. You know, it's. I think he had one line in the whole film. He had one line and several shots, like yeah. the reaction shot. throughout kk's track were always on vicky kaushal i was like this guy is going to be responsible for some twist in the film because he, the camera keeps going on him <laughs> and in the end the twist was that vicky kaushal actually turned out to be a great actor eventually because <laughs> masan came out later that year and i'm like okay so he was a legit actor he was not like just a side in the film correct correct Well, you know, Rahul, I hope that people watch our retake and go back and revisit Bombay Velvet because I think there's a lot to be enjoyed there, um, and perhaps we'll discover even more things as the years go on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in keeping with the film's tone itself, it's all about nostalgia. It's all about film itself. So uh, I had a good time, you know, rewatching the film for sure. Yeah. I didn't even end up taking a lot of notes because I like this is that feel kind of film. so uh, uh, yeah so i hope uh, people revisit it and without all the the hype and the baggage of 2015 correct yeah lose yourself in in bombay velvet uh, and and folks please do comment below on other films that you'd like us to do retakes on uh, we're always happy to watch older films and and discuss them and kind of deconstruct what what why they made us feel how they made us feel and what we feel about them now Yeah, yeah, and and feel free to name non-Ranbir Kapoor films again before we get uh, <laughs> before we get thrown to the sharks again for like picking on another Ranbir film. We didn't even realize it this time. Honestly, it was an Anurag Kashyap film. That's right. That this is true. This is true. I did not go in thinking Ranbir Kapoor. I went in thinking Anurag Kashyap. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. Thanks so much, Rahul, and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Film Companion podcast. Stay tuned for more reviews, interviews and all that's hot and happening in pop culture and entertainment.